0: Blog Talk Radio. That we start the show, uh, it's so funny. But I, I do intend to, again, uh, <laughs> get lyrics for the show. Uh, probably, I'm really probably subge- gonna-
1: sorry to subject you to, this, to my lyrics because I swear they just keep getting worse.
0: Uh, you know what? I had you tur- I had you pot it down. I don't know if you were singing or not. I didn't catch it. If you did,
1: oh, it's fine. You know what? <laughs> it's kind of that
0: Sometimes what happens is you will get when you when we start the show, uh, and we go into the, uh, the 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 intro music, you get taken off, and I have to actually physically um, pot you back up. I don't know why it does it. It must be a, it's got to be a, a a Blog Talk Radio thing because I don't do anything. Yeah,
1: maybe I should just it's take
0: just, the hint. <laughs> no, no, no. We can't have that, man. We gotta have you know. We gotta have you singing. You know, we'll figure it out. So. Uh, uh, for, Anyway, from the People's Republic of Minnesota, uh, welcome to In the Closet Objectivist. I'm Corey Baum, along with Dr. Megan Ribbins, and Stuart, I don't think will be joining us today. He's having some issues with his equipment or uh, phone or something's going on, so we may not oh, have bummer. Yeah. I, I assume you got the message from him, or did you not?
1: I did, which is weird. Um, I mean, I've I've kind of been elbows deep in microbes most of the day so maybe that's yeah that's how i missed it
0: yeah yeah well he, he just uh texted or uh well I texted i guess is an appropriate word a couple of, a couple hours ago saying he may not may not be able to be in the in for the show and i'm like that's cool buddy take her easy and if you can get on come on in um so yeah that's that's kind of where we're at where we're at as far as who's on and who's off today so um
1: yeah so how's it going? Maggie you doing all right? um, yeah, doing really well. I know before the show we were talking about um you know microbes are good, and Gracie is yes. good, and her school is good and I'm having some um in front of Gracie, I call it uh adult grape juice, which yes. is also good, yes.
0: Yeah and now what flavor is it? I mean it's grape. Uh is it uh, like a white grape juice or you know uh, or what is it yeah.
1: here? Yes, it's a white. Um let's see. It is a sauvignon blanc.
0: Oh, okay. Sauvignon. Uh that's mm-hmm. that's a that's a good one. Um I like the um the, there's a this the, oh, there's a okay, there's a couple of different brands that I like. I don't drink a lot of wine, but when I do there's a white merlot. Have you ever had that? Um, I
1: have not. I don't.
0: So I don't white, think I've
1: seen that. Yeah. Although, huh? Yeah. To be honest, so, every time I I buy alcohol for myself, um, I always forget what I like. So every time I go into like a a wine shop or a liquor store, it's you know, it's like I've reset. You know what I mean? It's like Lenny from Memento. I I you know, it's like a yeah. brand new experience every time.
0: Yeah, tell me about that. Huh? Uh, yeah, I hear you. I, I used to. We had this wine kick several years ago. In fact, a matter of fact, I got into this wine kick when I watched that movie uh, Sideways. Have you ever seen that movie? I had not. Came out about 2000, uh, 2006 or something like that. I think, or maybe, or maybe like 2005 or four. And it's a it's a movie that's about wine and there it's about wine and these two guys it's it's uh about these two guys that are on a uh, road trip basically uh in the in the california wine country one of them's getting married and it's like a bachelor party for just the one guy and uh the uh, uh paul giamatti isn't it i don't know if you know who that is uh Mm-mm. michael uh, uh there's a guy from wings that's in there and then um that Sandra Oh from Grey's Anatomy, she she's in it. it, it Virginia Madsen's in it. Anyway, it it, it got nominated for um, an Academy Award, but it didn't. I don't think it won. Anyway, it's a good it's good it's a good uh, uh, good movie. I recommend it. Um, it's kind of uh, it, it, it's it's uh, it, it's uh, uh, it's not like you would think it would be. It's it, they really um, they're pretty. Uh, I don't want to say belligerent, but they, it's pretty, it's a drunk fest and it's not just this hoity toity. We're <laughs> drinking wine and sitting in the, you know, we're actually getting fucked up and everything is, you know, they, they try to be like, we're just going to do the bachelor road trip. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, it's a lot like that. So yeah. Anyway, it's a good movie. I recommend it. It's been a long time since I saw it. So, but uh, yeah, it's called sideways and, um, yeah, that gives that gets us off track quite a bit. <laughs> All right, well let me start in the a weeds here. a little bit. Yeah, whatever. We're just kind of winging it today anyway. I didn't uh, prepare a whole lot, so let's go with the the, the side uh, sideways uh, uh, housekeeping. Housekeeping? No, thank you. it Housekeeping? Did you come back in an hour.
1: Housekeeping? You want to?
0: Her towels need sleepy.
1: I'm keeping you one for pillow. Please
0: go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. And you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, and the TuneIn Radio app, along with please follow us on Blog Talk Radio. Um, we haven't got, I don't think we've gotten a new follower on Blog Talk for a little while, so we could use some of that. Uh, also, you can join us on um facebook at the in the closet objectivist group we have on facebook please feel free to enter in that we also do have a little uh, uh patreon group that uh you can donate to the show if you'd like that would be great patreon.com backslash cory Baum, and um thank you to everybody who has donated to that so far uh, it is i, I always want to remind you though that if you do don't donate to that it is a recurring charge so um be aware that if you put a dollar or whatever, however much you put in there, Uh, it's going to hit your card every month. So make sure you just, if you just want to do it one time, there's a way to do one time, but you can't do it there. You could just join us on Facebook. And if you're interested in doing a one-time donation, you can do it there. So thank you anyway. And um, that's all I got for the housekeeping. I I could lay out, you know, I haven't given the phone number here in a while, but, you know, uh, I can give it, you know, if you're on, if you're on blog talk, radio you can find it uh but I'll give it out here as well which is five, one uh 5163871224 so if you want to call in I don't know we don't get a lot of calls sometimes we do sometimes we don't but there it is so and uh so uh, how's it going Meg I'm going you know what forget that I got to do our news headline which is oh yeah mhm which, which is it kind <clears> of <throat> I, I, again, one that I'm just winging a little bit here. I just, because of the, because of uh, me being on the, uh, on the, uh, 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 in the, I'm following along with the, uh, oh my goodness, I'm having a The Alice Shrugged project? The Alice Shrugged project. I, I was going to ask you about it. You, and that's oh. fine, you can do that. But because this is such a boss title for 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 a for a for a uh, for a new uh, a new t- chapter that i just love it so i think uh, okay so here's here's what i want to say every novel will now begin with some variation of the this is this is john gulf speaking line because that's so badass. You know what I mean? Like when when he says like that. You that's his. That's the, the chapter we we read was, you know, this John Galt speaking, and the way that the way that he says it is so awesome. It's just it's such a badass line. Uh, it just I don't know. It just I, I love that. I just love that. I it's think so every, every funny
1: that you said that because um, you know, in in deference to um um, you know, Ben Baer and, and Greg Salmiri doing their weekly Atlas project, and this time it's about the major speech of the novel, you know, the major yeah. philosophical reveal. Um, um, I was listening to um I so a while back, Ankar Gate, who is my favorite living philosopher, and that's a really tall order. Um, Mm -hmm. anyway, um, he, he did a a five lecture course on the speech and he had a number of questions that honestly I had never occurred to me and, um, you know, I had trouble answering, you know, it's not like I haven't (coughs) read and heard the speech a number of times, but for example, the first question he asked at the outset of the course was, why does he give this speech? And I thought, like, that question had literally never occurred to me because I was like, look, if I could make a speech like that, I would do it anywhere anytime. If someone yeah. annoyed me or said something I thought was dumb, I would just start going, this is John Galt speaking. I mean, yeah. <laughs>
0: it's, it's so badass. Mr. Though, right? Thompson's
1: I mean, like, time is up. I have
0: taken it over. You were, you were to that's, hear it, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. just reading that though. is just I'm like God. That's just a perfect. I'm like, ooh, that's good. I mean, that's just, it's so good to start that way.
1: And and I think it's part of the. It's another part of the reason why I'd sort of missed a lot of um, the subtler points is because I was too busy like fist pumping.
0: Yeah. It's like, I, I do that yeah, a lot. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I do that a lot when I read the novel and especially the third time around whole, you know, and I know that, that I still, am not catching a lot, but you know, I can't wait to do it a fourth time and a fifth, you know, a fifth and a sixth, you know, it just keep going because I know I'll catch even more, but this third time is like, wow, wow. Am I catching stuff um, that I, you know, kind of missed before, you know, like, I don't know. I just like, I didn't, I didn't realize about how, you know, Philip really is, is, um, I don't want to give away too. Well, who cares? Uh, like how Philip is Funny, like- trying to set. Yeah. Well, how Philip, how Harry uh, brother is really trying to set him up all throughout the movie or the, the, the novel. It's just, he, he's always trying to set him up. And at first, when I first read the novel, I just thought oh, this guy is just a smuck and he's just trying to, <clears throat> he wants to get a job, whatever, but it, you know, but I didn't realize he's, you know, and it, it's, it's, it's not easy to, you know, it's not, I should say, it's it's not hard to miss because it's right there. But, you know, if you're reading it for the first time, there's so much, second time, so much, third, even third time, way so much. So, I mean, you can still miss a lot of stuff, but, you know, I didn't realize how much he was really trying to set him up and trip him up in his, you know, like, like – like his mom is, you know, Oh, poor, what are you going to, what are you going to turn your back on your family when he's walking out the door? And it's like, well, you know, when you first read it, it's like, Oh, she kind of made me feel bad for her, but she's actually just being an evil bitch, man. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yes. Well, and
1: I, I had missed how, you know, in the very first Hank Reardon scene, um, Philip asked for money for friends of global progress. Right. And um I totally missed that that money, friends of, that he would given through Philip to Friends of Global Progress was directly used to fund. Um, wasn't it, like, didn't it? Um, friends of Global Progress draft the the Equalization of Opportunity Bill. I yeah, mean, I like could, it just could've... came directly around a bite him in the ass.
0: Yeah. That, that, yeah, it was basically you know just again we talked about the sanction of the victim and stuff you know a lot and and you know that that's that's part I mean you really start to see especially for me for you know at at this point where it, it's such a, you know the sanction of the victim that just pops out every time that I, I read you know it's he's allowing this to happen through his you know you know through his own uh, actions in a, in a in a sense not he's not. He's not seeing it until, you know, towards the end of the, the novel, whatever, that, you know, what's going on with with really, you know, that that these people are – are, are they, they shouldn't be pitied. You should be – you're just enabling them. You're just completely enabling these people. And he doesn't see it at first. And, you know, so – but, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – Yeah, I mean, I I see something every every time then, and it's great. I mean, um, you know, and and then, you know, the whole, um, what was I going to say? We were talking yesterday, you know, well, Greg was talking and I was listening, but um, about how, you know, like, how do I, how do i go about this here i i i didn't really dra- draft my notes too well um, did you by the way did you well, listen you did to it in, at all actually more than i did well yeah but yeah so um you know basically like how um i, I don't want to get too deep here i'm trying to uh, how where was i going with this i kind of lost my train of thought too um, oh
1: well, you know, we've kind of gotten into the weeds with the um fake news headline, which I love by the way, but mine is actually very similar, so if you don't mind getting off track oh, go for ahead. a moment. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: my go ahead. my fake news headline, the headline I wish were true and, and may in fact be true, but you know so the the, the fake news headline is um, due to popular demand, um um, Ayn Rand Institute scholars are now doing courses on all of Ayn Rand's fiction. Um, so week by week chapter analyses of Anthem and Fountainhead and Night of January 16th and um, Think Twice and Ideal and We a Living. Um, I've I've really enjoyed. I mean, Alice is my favorite book, darned none. And I I was just thinking as you were talking about how much you enjoy reading it for a third time, and you can't wait to read it a fourth time. Like, it's the same for me. You know, I will I will listen to other books, um, fiction and nonfiction, but especially the fiction. There's so many that I just can't finish due to boredom. Um, mm-hmm. I I. I've become so picky in my old age I, I I just can't stick with characters that don't have a definite characterization you know what I mean they're you know Dagny is the embodiment of a railroad right she, she tries to find the, the straight line path and just goes full steam ahead I mean she's just unstoppable I mean the the sequence of her building the John Galt line is is so beautiful, right? Everyone tries to throw obstacles in her path for like really no good reason. Um, mm-hmm. They won't fund her. They, you know what I mean? Um, they 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 won't. They try to stop her from like having anyone actually run the train. You know what I mean? And she just <coughs> keeps. You know what I mean? There are people. Contractors yeah. working with her are like, you know, we don't we don't want to work with this, Melanie. He's like, well, I've given you all of the training that you need. What more do you want? They're like, well, I don't know. She's like, I can't help you with that. Make yeah. The switches.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: And she's just, and she gets it done. She's awesome. so capable and brilliant and dedicated. I mean, there's just not enough good things to say about Dagny. I love Dagny. Um, and, and after spending all of this time struggling and, and, and fighting with her, you know, it's, it's, and, and rooting for her, it's so hard to pull yourself out of that world and immerse yourself in a world where the character's aren't the embodiment of really anything, you know, they're, they're pretty much interchangeable and there's no reason why they'd be doing this thing versus that thing. You know, maybe, maybe they'll do the right thing and maybe you won't. And there's, you know what I mean? Yeah. They don't give you really anything to go on and they don't really give you any reason to care, which is just too bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember now what I was going to say, what I was trying to say uh, earlier. Um, And that is like when, when Reardon starts to find out all this stuff about himself and like, what's really going on right towards the end. And um, this really struck me as like, I don't know what to make of this. Okay. So the looters, you know, are are, he's, he's meeting with the looters towards the end, you know, before he drops out uh, and, and joins the Gulch or gets out of there and he's finally seeing everything hap- come into place. Like what's going on? You know, why, why, you know, why are these people this way? And he starts to make it as starts to see that it's not necessarily that cause they've, you know, what, what, one of the, one of the looters, um, it is one of the, one of the worst ones. Eh, I forgot his name. I is right on the tip of my tongue, but he's like, he's, he's saying, look, you guys can you, you can figure this out. You you, you, you Hank's saying, look, we I can't keep go doing this. It, it, uh, I can't keep you know supplying and uh, with 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 what little I I can am allowed to do. I can't keep supplying you, and the, one of the looters uh, says, well, you've I always. I think it's
1: Jim Taggart.
0: Yeah, he, it... he's like, you'll figure it out somehow. Yeah, he goes. You'll figure it out somehow. You guys never. He's like, but you know how 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 you know could it? You know what about this time? And and then one of them. You know, it's like, um, who is the real bad guy in that? Ah, son of a bitch. Um, I I, the name's on my tip my tongue too. He's he's like, you guys have always you've always come through before. Basically, like you've always you've always you know you you know
1: yeah I, I either it's either like Dr. Floyd Ferris or that's it. yeah, that's
0: woman. It. I think it's him. I think it is him. And he's like, what do you, why are you worried? Yeah, I mean, I, it's not happened yet. I mean, we haven't lost, we haven't lost our, our, the world yeah, yet. So or funny we
1: because had had that exact conversation with Jim Taggart before and, and she's like, because I saved you bastards. What,
0: yeah, yeah. What are you
1: intending to do
0: when I'm gone? Right. And so, but here's the thing though, right? So he says, you know, but you know, you, but you've, you've, you know, you've, we've always come through before basically. I, I'm just paraphrasing, you know, Ferris is where you've always, it's not happened before. And there, and, and he, and he makes it because we've saved you. Yes, exactly. Now that's, that's where you make the, the where I started to make the, to the connection between the education, you know, education, right. Uh, you know, We've, we've, they've never, they've never told them. They've never stood up for themselves and said, "Hey, look, this is why the world is how it is." And without what the what the producer should have done from the get go is said, "Look, here's why we do what we do, and here's why it's important." And you guys, you, they kind of, they never really got into the why. Why shit? Why they they needed to know what they truly did? You know what I mean? Like, here's you look at a guy like Reardon and and Dagny and all these other guys and and they and you know uh, they they took them for granted, right? then they just said they'll always be there and then we can ride them and they say you know they use their their uh, their guilt I guess as a weapon, but they a lot of them didn't realize the guilt until later on, but they never were like. Treated like children, and they they never educated, and they kind of let them get away with with that thinking for a lot for far too long. So it's like a spoiled kid, right? So your kids become spoiled. You don't really tell them. It, it's kind of like you know the um, the millennials now. A lot of people ride on millennials. They, they say these fucking millennials. Well, who fucking who taught the millennials? Who taught them? Someone had to taught to, to teach them. So it's kind of our fault. That we never, like, said, look, here's why, you know, we, we produce we work, and here's here's why it's important, and here's why you should respect it and why you should aim to be like us and not just, you know, leech and mooch and all this off of us. Does that make sense? Am I making sense mm. there?
1: I've actually been thinking about that a lot because, you know, as I'm listening to Ankar talk about the speech, he mentioned, you know, what – what it's like you know John Galt never directly addresses the looters, like the true villain, right? <clears throat> because they don't wanna live, you know? There's yeah. there's just there's nothing you can say to someone that outwardly destructive and that self destructive. You know what I mean? There there's no pulling them back from that kind of evil. Mm-hmm. Um you know who he's actually addressing with a few notable exceptions are the people who are kind of trying to ride the fence right the the people kind of you know who who don't who are productive and don't really agree with with the you know prevailing morality of the culture but at least give lip service to it um and and support it in some way um and there's there's a really there's a lot of really deep reasons which and I'm just going to pilfer this straight from Arkarographic because honestly, I don't I think without <laughs> him making explicit, I'm not sure I would have ever made these connections, so all kudos to him um, um, you know, so he was talking about how um the you know James Taggart's mentality is. And the analogy Ankar used was um, imagine you're being driven somewhere in a limo and you, and you put down the divider and you discover that the driver's seat is empty, that there's nobody in the front seat. I mean, that would be terrifying, right? Um, so there's three things you could do, really. One of them is to jump in the front seat and take control. And that's what it is to be in focus, right? When, when Ayn Rand talks about how the primary choice is to be in focus or not, that's what she's talking about is to engage, put yourself in the driver's seat and, um, and think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The second alternative is to pretend, you know, to just sit there passively and pretend that there is someone in the driver's seat. And that, I mean, this isn't a perfect analogy, but that is most analogous to drift, right? You just kind of sit back there and don't engage. Yes. Um, and the third and by far the most evil alternative is um, to evade, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just mean that you, that you run away from the obligation you have to yourself to to protect your life, because this is very dangerous. Um, but, I mean, in the case of James Taggart, he, his whole motivation is to show that his way of life, his evasion is superior to those who are in focus and produce. And the only way to do that is to destroy, you know, what's being produced. And to destroy yeah. ultimately to destroy the producers themselves. Right. So it would be like, you know, you, you're you're going along down the highway with no driver, um, yeah. while everyone else is driving and engaged and actually, you know, propelling themselves and instead of, you know, taking control of the wheel, you manage to drive everyone <coughs> else off the road. Yeah. Right. To show that your way is superior to theirs because you destroyed them. Um, I'm not doing nearly as good a job as as Dr. Rocke. So. Well, I mean, who who can? They're amazing. Yeah. I mean, we're we're
0: not we're not on their levels. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I would say what you were saying about millennials, like, not being taught to properly appreciate the people who have made our lives. So amazing in the 21st century is true, but it's worse than that. I mean, I was just thinking about how you know, at, you know when I was going through school, I was taught these disparate quote-unquote facts. They were just things <clears throat> that you had to memorize that didn't connect to anything else. You know yeah. what I mean? They were just oh yeah, they were just floating things that you had to memorize that didn't connect to anything. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really get why, like if, if that is what you're taught to regard as knowledge, why integration would be meaningless to you and why ideas that themselves, ideas that connect different, concrete, different facts um, would wouldn't mean anything to you. You know what I mean? Like you, people will say stuff like, well, communism works in theory, but not in practice. Um, that's sort of a tangential example, but, um, I mean, your first thought when someone says that should be, well, maybe the theory is wrong. <laughs> maybe we need right. to kind of reexamine, but you know, if, if, what ideas amount to are just disparate facts that have no connection to each other, why would you bother? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Why would you bother to examine whether or not one or all of the facts that, you know, things that you regard as true are actually true? You know, it it, it explains a lot why, you know, a lot of people will read Atlas Shrugged and carry on, you know, thinking that, um, Climate change is anthropogenic, or that you know they'll continue to carry on as they did before without really examining,
0: well, yeah, yeah, or and, and a lot of it are,
1: any of yeah. their cherished belief.
0: Well, a lot of it is you know it's just, but it's just a book, Meg. Uh, you know that I mean the the way that exactly, people exactly
1: right. It's
0: just they don't, they it's don't,
1: just another yeah. thing that doesn't connect to
0: anything else. Right. It's not, and I you know the the more you know, I, here's a little thing like Ma Chalmers, right? Chalmer, Ma Chalmers, she's a, a, a old lady. She was a, a, the the the, the um, mother of uh, Kip Chalmers, who gets into this horrible accident in the in the movie because, or in the kind of keep saying movie and, and the novel uh, because you know he's stubborn about you know he getting there's a whole big thing about Kip Chalmers and. He's he's like a congressman, right, or something like that. And he wants he wants to get somewhere and he causes this big accident. And Bob Chalmers, you know, he dies in the accident and Bob Chalmers later on in the in the book she's she's talking about how she wants uh 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 part of her uh oh shoot what does she make? She makes some sort of uh, desserts or whatever. Um and Oh, it's for the public health uh, program. She's like, she wants to get this. uh, Oh yeah. The
1: soybean thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She wants to get this. That's her priority in life is to get people on soybeans and in like in the schools and, and stuff. And I'm like thinking, I'm thinking that's Michelle Obama. You know what I mean? All of a sudden I'm like, that's, that's, you know, I'm like, I started making connections in that way too. You know, like I'm thinking this, this lady who all of a sudden she's, not, not that Michelle Obama lost a son or daughter, but but she's trying to, you know, uh, take over or you know, uh, you know, insert her ideas of how people should eat, um, you know, because of the public needs supposedly, or in in Michelle Obama's case because of the kids and and whatever, and you know, it, it's just there's just connections like that. This is a little one that just kind of popped into my head while. You know, we were talking and stuff. So, I mean, uh, yeah, so, there, you know, it, there's just a lot of, as you're reading, there's just a lot of connections that you make and you're like, oh my God, you know, I got to take a note of this and uh, store it for future reference wherever I can store it, you know. Um,
1: yeah, that's actually a really good example. And I know I did a, a podcast on nutrition a while ago, but I didn't realize how. Poor the recording quality was, and I really should just redo it um you know in my
0: calories. no just do a new one for time.
1: yeah, yeah right, exactly. um, but have- it's a really it's a really good example, right you know Michelle Obama noticed that her children were um suffering from obesity, so she made some dietary changes, and it really worked for them, and that's great, um, but she didn't just but she didn't then go on to say, hey, um my kids had you know were in this condition. Here's what I did. It, you know, see if this applies to your family. No, she went on a campaign to make sure that all public- all children in all public schools did exactly what she did. Well, you can imagine that human nutrition is very highly contextual, and it's not something we fully understand um so you know, she she might say something like, you know, replace the white bread with wheat bread, you know, and, and offer it to every child. And you might say, well, someone with celiac disease has no business eating, you know, a you know a wheat bun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <Yeah.
0: clears
1: throat> um, you could, and there there's, I mean. To be, to be frank, I mean, most people, certainly most adults, could probably do it without starches almost altogether, unless, you know, for example, if you're, um, trying to become a, um, really muscled, right? You you might be in a, you, you have to go through these cycles of, of bulking and cutting, right? If you're in a bulking stage, you you <coughs> definitely want to have something with a high glycemic index. Um, you know, right before your workout, and then a certain amount of carbs and protein during and after your workout, to really maximize, um, you know, muscle growth and, um, um, you know, increase mitochondria, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, there, there's so many different contexts. There's there's um, so much about nutrition to know and and here. But, so you might say, okay, you know, talking about ideas and how, how pe- a lot of people, I think, regard ideas as such with such dismissal. You know, you might say, you know, oh, Michelle Obama will say everyone should have wheat buns. And you say, well, there's this disease called celiac disease in which people are, um, can't digest, you know, um, certain molecules within wheat. And the way most people hold ideas, those two things are totally separate. You know what I mean? And there's no way to connect them and say, hmm, maybe lead buns really aren't for everyone. Those are just two separate things that have no connection. But they have a life and death connection. Yes. Um, ideas do matter. And it's, it's very troubling that a lot of people don't, you know, don't don't recognize that,
0: right? And it's, it's ideas matter, and if they they are more emotion driven, they're um, you know, if it feels good, it it has to be good, it has to be, and that's where we get into this whole emotion versus reason versus all this, and, and people don't understand. You know, uh, you know, if you're trying to, I know we've, <laughs> this has been said, you know, how many more times can it be? But a million, but you know where. You just because it feels good, it doesn't mean it's right. Just because it's, you know, you can't, um, you know, feelings don't don't matter. But you know, it's it's not even it's not even a a a, a a a a political issue necessarily. I mean, they both are very much, you know, um, uh, very much. Uh, they very much both uh, are, are emotional based, but it's, you know, because you feel strongly about something doesn't mean it's right. Or because it worked for you one time, it's going to work for everybody. Um, it, it, people, I don't know why. I think people just want to have the answers. A lot of them. And they just, you know, if it feels good, it has to be good. So that's it. You know, it, it, I, I don't, and it, you have to do a little more digging than just that. <laughs> I think that's one of the, another you know, I was talking, you know, sometimes they bring up, oh, that's part of the reason I really love objectivism is because uh, they feelings are just they're just not they're, they're okay. I mean, the feelings are fine and, you know, the emotions are fine and but it's not a primary. You gotta you gotta stop because it's not, feelings are not reality, you know, they're not always reality, you know, they have to line up I mean, in certain ways, but because you feel something doesn't mean that it's right or it's good. You got to get over that, and it doesn't matter if you know what the issue is. You have to you have to be able to sort through the emotion of it uh, to really know if it's if it's something that should be acted on or if it's something that's appropriate or whatever. Uh, this is this what really worries me, Meg, is that we're starting and, and I think this has been not just starting, but been happening for a long time is feelings and emotions are such integral parts of people's lives. It's become, it takes over. And I think it doesn't matter where you are politically or whatever, but I see it all the time. And we, we gotta, we gotta temper that stuff. You know what I mean? It it worries me. Uh, that people are just emoting. Yeah, and
1: I mean yeah, I I've learned painfully that emotions cuz I tend to to rationalize emotions. I I've I've just always been really terrible with this. Um <laughs> you know, if I if I didn't think I should feel something then I would just set it aside. And I've had to like I said, I've had to learn very painfully that Emotions are really valuable data. You know what I mean? They're, mm-hmm. you, and, and, you know, as a scientist, the data are the data. You know, whether I want them to be whatever I want them to be, they are what they are.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um,
1: which can be really frustrating in case anyone's wondering. Um, but they are what they are. Um, so, you know, I. I may be feeling an emotion that's uncomfortable or surprising, and that doesn't tell me why I feel it. You know what I mean It takes a lot of a lot of hard, you know sometimes painful think eat, painful in the sense that like you know maybe I don't necessarily want to dig into the darker parts of my subconscious, but the only way I'm gonna understand what these emotions are telling me. Um, is if I if I dig into them and whatever whatever the result is, it will be very revealing and um, useful. But by themselves, you, emotions don't tell me anything other than a total summation of everything that's going on. Now, there's a lot going on, so you know where a negative or a positive emotion is coming from is not always obvious. Um, okay. But it is important. But you know, and so the the example I use with people is like, imagine every time you go home you feel awful. What do you do? And they're like, well, What do you mean? What do I do? I, I that's that's nothing to go on. I'm like, Yeah, you're right. Maybe, you know, you come home and and the place is a mess and you know you need a cleaning service or something or maybe you come home and and your significant other yells at you and you need to move on with the relationship um or from the relationship or you know uh, maybe you're you live in a crack house I mean who knows right like the emotion itself isn't telling you what's wrong it's just telling you that something is wrong it doesn't tell you you know Going on, or what to do to fix it. It doesn't tell you any of that. It just tells you to pay attention, which is important. I mean, I can't. I, you know what I mean. I, I, I yeah. can't. I, I, really, really don't want to understate that value. But it is of limited value, and cognition is not one of the values an emotion offers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I'm that, that, totally making a No. No, no, you're not. No, 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 no. I, 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 you know, <laughs> because you rescued me. No, that's all. no, that's okay. No, because um, I was actually. I just want to get because I, I just see it all the time. I mean, I, you know, it's. I get the – I, I, I just see it all the time. Where, if it feels good, you know, um, for some reason, that's okay. And no matter what the consequences are, or um, I haven't really thought of you know I'm just saying this isn't me saying but like I haven't really thought about this but it feels great you know it's like you know Iran always brings up the uh, t- taking drugs or t- doing cocaine and that would feel really great but you know I'd, it'd be bad in the long run and and that's true so I mean I think that because because you can't argue with somebody that just feels it just it, it, it feels like this and that it, it, unless you're like wanting to be ruthlessly honest with yourself but if it if it feels you know i just want people to get out of the it's fine to feel something that just gives you an idea of what's you know gives you doesn't give you an uh, uh necessarily a way to fix it or to, to deal with it you know but emotions are just, it's, they've become just so bizarre and so out of control lately. Uh, And I don't know how long this has been going on, but it's been going on way too long where we need to get back to thinking about, okay, this is going on, how do we deal with it? And how do we, you know, how do we, in a productive way where, you know, we're not you know, hurting ourselves or whatever. I mean, you know, I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I'm kind of rambling now about this. It's just, uh, I've been thinking a lot about it. You know, I've been thinking about, you know, how do we, uh, how do we get to a place where, cause a lot of times people will be like, well, you're just, why are you so uh, against emotions? And it's not that I'm against emotions or anything like that. I just say, they're not tools of cognition. You have to think and you have to reason. And that's not always, that's not always the same. You know, if you're just emoting all the time uh, you're not really getting to the, to the nuts of of how to figure things out. I don't know. Um, Yeah.
1: I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned this because I've been thinking a lot about this too. And, and um, you know, I, I learned recently that, that millennials, um, have suffered from the highest incidence of anxiety and depression now, without being any kind of expert on millennials or anxiety or depression, it's like, okay, that's not super surprising right if you're if you're taught to just emulate the group, and i I do have some experience with this um that you know I mean if it never occurs to you to connect what you learn to anything else that you know, right, what a, what a terrible place to be in, right? If, if if there's no objective measure by which you can say I am good or I am capable of living, um, if, if there's no, you know, all you have to go on is the approbation of your peers or, you know, even like similarity to them, um you know no one can be a duplicate of anyone else so if that is your standard by which you judge yourself good you're going to fail you know you're you're not going to be good by that standard everyone is unique um if if you can't if it it never occurs to you because you were never taught to connect ideas together and that reality is integrated um you know each new situation is, is a terrifying one because you have nothing to go on. Um, it, it, it's, it's so tragic. And so, you know, these incidences of, of anxiety and depression, I mean, you know, maybe there's a biological component. I mean, certainly there is with these, with these mental health issues. Um, how much of it is the whole? horrible education to which they've been subjected and how much of it is a a real biological phenomenon, I cannot say. I have no idea. Um, But with regard to the horrible education, um, you know, what's going to fix that is not cuddles with puppies and kittens. Not Mm -hmm. for them. I mean, who doesn't love cuddles with puppies (laughs) and kittens? And it does, you know, at least temporarily alleviate anxiety and depression. But ultimately... That's not going to fix the cause of the problem. And I guess that's another point that we're both kind of coming at is that there is such a thing as causality, right? I mean, it's it's another – if you don't regard ideas as connectable, causality is not really a thing in your mind, right? This thing happens and the other thing happens and they're not connected when, indeed, you know – you push the ball and it rolls away from you. Those things definitely are connected. And I realize it's, it's sort of a silly, simple example, but.
0: Well, no, but um, I always try to give examples like that, though, Mexico. That's fine. Yeah, no.
1: But yeah, and I mean, you know, you know, crappy public education and then what do you know? You know, people don't think that there might be a, a causal relationship between crappy education and anxiety yeah. and depression. I mean, it probably is.
0: Yeah. You know, when, when you are, you know, like, we'll get back to the millennials, you're, 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 you know, you're a young kid. I don't know how much, I don't know how old they are now or what what the age range is, but I don't know. I'm going to guess like twenties, uh, whatever. So, <clears throat> you know, if you're, if you're constantly told, you know, you know, kiss your boo boo-boo, boo boos and you know, you know whatever i'll you know it's just the next stage of obviously you know what are they supposed to know you know if they're taught that you know that, that how can you so when people blame millennials i'm like who taught them you know who is the you know so yeah so anyway that's kind of my rant on on, on millennials but yeah i mean it's totally, you know, you have to be able to see the connection there and not just say they didn't just drop out of the world, you know, out of the fucking uh, uh, sky, you know what I mean? Something happened. And a lot of people, and that's just, it seems to me, and I hate to generalize, but it seems to me that that's kind of the, the, the case is nobody really wants to make the connection. They just want to say, oh, that just happened. Uh, this this stupid millennial is no, I mean he came from somewhere, right? <laughs> Where you know uh, this thing that that this thing that happened to you came from somewhere. It just didn't just happen to you, and like now, you know this this bastard. You know, uh you know, but you know it's figure it out. You know what I mean? Let's figure it out. Take a step back and and uh, and, and go through what it is that, that happened, rather than just say, "Oh, this thing happened," and it, I hope it doesn't happen again. Without without you know, trying to make sure that it doesn't happen again kind of a thing
1: well, that's it right if you have no regard for ideas, there's no point in figuring things out right You just decide that it's because you know the, this generation is not as good as yours and and that's it right there's there's no there's no helping them I mean if you have no regard for idea there's there's you know it it probably doesn't even occur to one to figure out why, you know, or even hypothesize why why they might be more prone to depression and anxiety and, and mm-hmm. why they're, I mean, this is tragic, right? These, these people are our friends and our coworkers and our, you know, possibly children and grandchildren. And this is what their lives are like, where they're anxious and depressed and, you know they can't they haven't been taught to see causal connections and and you know t- to really value ideas that you know yeah. it, it it's hard to even put myself in that in that mindset yeah. of like you know I'm in a a profession that's all about ideas and and discovering what's true and discarding what's not. Um, and believe me, I do a lot of the latter. Um, and, and the idea that there are people out there for whom that's completely foreign, it's, 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 I, I don't even really know how to relate to that, that idea that yeah. you know, and I mean, there are people who don't cherish ideas. But there are, and, and what, a, what a paltry existence that much must be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Or, I mean, yeah,
1: I, mean I, I really wasn't going anywhere more than that. It's just, you know, it, it, <coughs> I I don't understand people who just say, "Oh, those stupid millennials," and that's it, right? right. I mean, what a what a tragic existence. What right. have we done to these? You, I, I mean, you you read the scene with the um, with the wet nurse and and Hank, the last scene.
0: Oh, yeah. oh, i yeah, find
1: okay. every yeah. time. Really I, was bawling.
0: I was the last, the first time I read it or not the first time, the last time I read it, I was in bed reading it. I couldn't stop crying. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's like this kid just wanted, you know, he didn't, he, this is the way he kind of went through it. He never really had a chance because he didn't really have an education. He didn't really have, you know, and, and, and uh, he figured it out, you know, but it was pretty you know, late and, and yeah. And he, you know, Got shot, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: and the imagery is so beautiful, right? I mean, what does I ran say? People would shudder in horror if they saw a mother bird taking her babies and plucking their wings off,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, that's wings
1: are a bird's means of survival, and to see a mother treat you know, just. Strip her children of their only means of survival is horrifying, yeah. and that's exactly what we've been doing to our human children, right? I, I, yeah. I, like, I, I can't think of a word's horrifying enough to convey the idea that you know, a human being's means of survival isn't wings. Obviously, it's it's our reasoning mind. You know. Right. We, we're actually you know not that dexterous or fast or strong right. or fearsome. Right. Um, we're just smart and productive that that's all we've got, you know yep. um so to to have someone take you know their their child and and teach them that reason is impotent and ideas don't connect to each other and there's no causality and you know if you if you <clears> don't <throat> plant your seeds in the spring well maybe you'll still get a harvest in the fall i mean yeah all of that yeah. is is infinitely worse than the mother bird plucking out the wings of her children and yet people have done it and, 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 and done it, thinking that they were doing right by their kids.
0: Yes. And, that, and, and let, let me, it's I, horrible. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, no, no. I, I was I'm like trying to find words to describe just how awful I regard that, um, and how tragic I regard that. And I don't. I don't have words.
0: I, I I don't know that I do either. But how how do you resolve something like that? Um, when you get older, and I'm not saying like like uh, a parent, right, or whatever kind of is that way to you, right? They maybe they're not doing it. They're not doing it out of some sort of uh, 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 malevolence. They just think this is a way to do it. It's like it's religion, right? So they say, "Don't worry, God will provide." but, But so when you grow up to a certain degree or a certain age and you start to question things and you find out hey man a lot of this or most of it or all of it is crap that you've told me and, you, know, and, 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 you know and you've gone by you know basically your whole life thinking that that's the right way to to go and that's the right thing to do and you find out wait a minute no that's not how do you reconcile your a relationship with that person, or do you not? I wonder. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah,
1: I'm sure it's really, really highly contextual. Um, I mean, I would say, and I think this is a very personal thing. For example, I, I've noticed that Euron Brook really gets a charge from people challenging him. Um, I don't really enjoy um adversarial or combative conversations i I have a lot more success um and a lot more enjoyment if I can identify an aspect of objectivism that you know with whomever i'm I'm conversing if you know i mean if they're anti trump I will immediately point them to Ankar um Article: The anti-intellectualism of Trump, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I don't think it will convert them to objectivism or whatever. I'm not looking right. to proselytize, um, but it, you know, it will give them a fresh perspective. It maybe intrigue them. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I'm I'm not looking to pick a fight. I'm not I'm not looking to show someone that they're wrong. You know, I, I, at most, I think if I just can't find a, a source of disagreement, I'll either not bother, which is usually the case, or or I'll I'll say, you know, the thing I love about atheism is that there's nothing ad hoc, right? I can just regard the universe <coughs> and reality as this beautiful integrated thing that never defaults on its own laws, which means I can learn what those laws are and leverage them to the benefit of my life and the life of people I care about. You know, you can use yeah. gravity to good effect. You can learn how to you know, create enough, you know, specific propulsion to, to escape Earth's gravity and, and go to low Earth orbit or to Mars. You know what I mean? Like, if you know what the rules are, you can know how to leverage them. Yes, um, yeah. If gravity suddenly reversed, or if you know the the sea parted because gravity wasn't a thing for a few minutes, that would suck. Yeah. Fortunately, yeah. that's not the
0: case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank I goodness. Mean, I, I, you know, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's. I. I it was so. Um, uh, enlightening to me to just hear Leonard Peikoff talk for the first time and just say things are what they are and do what they do. And, and, and I, I started to think, wait a minute, you know, this guy is speaking some stuff here. And I started to, you know, that was part of, you know, my journey, so to speak, uh, of just realizing that, hey, what I have in front of me is what I have in front of me. I, 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 I don't have to know or wonder whether there's whether I'm I'm you know talking or or, or whether I'm working on this uh, uh, computer or this laptop. I know I am because I'm right here. I can do it. I can see it, and I can. And I never thought of that. I, you know what I mean? I didn't think of it that way. It just it's kind of seemed obvious, but it wasn't. You know. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, I mean. And, and, and,
1: a lot of people mourn the fact that there there's no such thing as miracles. I find it, a, you know, that's something to be rejoiced. I am genuinely grateful that that there's no miracles when it comes to gravity. I don't want to fly off the face of a planet, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to go burn you know,
0: yeah.
1: go yeah. up into the stratosphere yeah. without a plan
0: and a well, rocket ship. Yeah. A jetpack, I was going to say a jetpack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so but, but you know, i don't I,
1: want the things on my coffee table to fly off and hit me in the face either but right. that's not going to happen because there's no miracle
0: right and that's what you know you wonder about well you watch like a a, a movie like poltergeist and you know and you see that a, a, you know a table fly off to, you know uh, something to fly off the table and you're like what if that really happened like you know where you, you were just you just you know going about your day and And a a table just, you know, uh, 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 a a coffee coffee cup just came and winged at you in in the middle of the fucking day and just just hit you upside the head and there was no no reason for it. And you had to just look out every other, you know, you had to just look out every once in a while and be like, shit, is something going to hit me? You know, I don't know. You know, anything could happen at any time. I mean, imagine that. That's crazy. I mean, to live like that, you know. Yeah,
1: I, there's so many reasons why, like, yeah, I guess, I, you know, this is a real digression here, but the, I have no suspension of disbelief when it comes to movies, especially horror movies. <laughs> for one thing, I used to live in L.A. for 10 years, right? I would drive through Brentwood, I would see the A-hole screenwriters at the, at you know, Brentwood cafes, giving themselves a high five, you know, like the self high five. And they yeah. wrote something stupid that they thought was brilliant.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I was going to tell you that I watched Sharknado. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that, was one of your, uh, that was one of your recommendations. I, I didn't take you up on that, by the way. I, I haven't taken
1: you up Stop me if I told you this before. At one point, this is not really a spoiler, I mean, one of the actors is like, you know tornado is just a mix of hot and cold air So if we throw a bomb into the tornado It will neutralize yeah.
0: it <laughs> Yeah
1: And you just know That the screenwriter was sitting in a cafe In Brightwood and he's like South high five, five.
0: <laughs> Yeah yeah the, I don't know maybe they did, did they have the ponytail back then Too or I mean who knows oh, I don't no. know, that, was, that was a thing earlier That was an 80s maybe <laughs> 90s thing no, so yeah, but anyway, yeah, it's it's crazy and, and weird and I just it's it's so interesting, you know, just talking to you and, and just me thinking about what I thought about just a minute ago. About just what if what if there was just no like rhyme or reason and I could just you know, I could be sitting having a cup of coffee and all of a sudden my, my table would fly off uh, or I would, you know, get hit in the head with something. I mean, that's basically what you're talking about when you just say there's no, there's no reality. There's no – anything can happen. Anything can be what it is and what it isn't. I mean, if you think about it, it can drive you crazy, which is why I think oh, yeah. people – Yeah, lie. I mean, if you, were,
1: if you were serious about a total lack of causality, you would just be huddled in a corner for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, I mean you yeah, you'd be uh you'd be, in you'd the, be uh, utterly in paralyzed Yeah. And and yeah, yeah and, and
1: to the extent it's it's so interesting because I am sure you know a good deal about the the history of philosophy and um it's just it's happened over and over again, right? Um someone will make this huge they'll ask a question and and address it in philosophy. Um but it's not the whole answer right because philosophy is an ongoing science there's still a lot more to know and understand and it's very very abstract so of course some skeptic comes along and says well what about this thing um, mm-hmm. that's not that you know it doesn't offer any guidance it just kind of deflates any progress um, made in the science of philosophy and every time a skeptic comes along that's really influential, the whole civilization just crumbles. You know, skeptics mm-hmm. are the worst. Um,
0: well, and, and to the to the extent too that someone takes them seriously, you can just brush them off if, if you have half a brain. You can. But, but if yeah, you
1: yeah, but it's utterly paralyzing. Mm-hmm. If you were a true skeptic and said, you know, I don't believe in gravity, I don't believe in the laws of nature, you would have to take seriously the possibility that your coffee cup is going to fly off the coffee table and into your face. And so you would have to be, you know, huddled in a fetal position in the corner for the rest of your life. Um, mentally, that's what skeptics do. That's yeah. the third thing um, to make us all kind of huddled in a fetal position, you know, at least philosophically. Um. So, yeah. I mean, I guess it wasn't going anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's just, no, it's I, interesting that historically that cycle has happened again and again. Yeah. Um, it's kind of too bad that like, any time a skeptic opens their mouth now, we don't just like, you know, shut them up in a closet or something.
0: Yeah. Right. right the, uh, with a nap would be thrown out the, you know, I'd have to, uh, the, the non-aggression principle would have to, uh, not apply <laughs> in that case. I would have to, uh, I would have to be a hi- highly aggressive. Uh, <clears throat> otherwise I would, uh, Send them
1: to a cafe in Brentwood so they could write a screenplay.
0: Exactly. There we go. Problem yeah. solved. There, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it, it, it just having to live in Brentwood probably would be, yeah, enough to drive anybody loopy. <laughs> but, um, what was I going to say now? Shoot. I had something. Um, no, I. But it, I just, you know, that's kind of what I've been thinking about more so lately. Is just wait a second. I mean, it's so, it's so crazy, and it can be so uh, irritating and just perplexing. That's the word, perplex. You're just like, what, what is going on here? And you know, to the, to the extent that, uh, to the extent that you take them seriously, it's, it's you know. Is, uh, is, is bad for you and I like oh okay here's here's what I wanted to say um, I think a lot of these guys skeptics that are more the academics you know they don't really believe that shit it's like Floyd Ferris I, I don't he didn't believe he just preached it he wrote a book about it and what was it How Do You Know You Know was that in his book something like that and basically yeah. all he wants is to control he doesn't he, he doesn't believe his shit he doesn't believe anything he says, but as long as he's got enough people believe in it, then he can control them, and and that's that's where a lot of you know these people come from. That's their where they're trying to hit their mark is right there. So.
1: Yeah, to be honest, I found Floyd Ferris probably the hardest character to understand because it seems like he sees through his own BS. Yeah, and yet he that. espouses it wholeheartedly. And like yeah. I, I don't. I mean, okay. So I may be dramatizing my own point here. Like, um, you know, I, I I'm just kind of I keep thinking to myself, like, what is he getting out of this? Like, writing a book is a serious effort. Why mm. is he doing this? Why would he write? You know, what makes you think you think, you know what, I, what I mean? <clears>
0: That's
1: what I think I'm, I'm probably falling into the same trap that Dagny and Hank are, that I, you know, that I'm assuming that he's trying to profit in some way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Instead of yes. to simply destroy.
0: Yeah, profit and control people uh you know he you know he may you know here's the thing is i i wonder how why would you want to destroy because you're gonna you're gonna end up destroying your own life and you want to live don't you i mean because that you want all this control to have money fame and fortune or, or respect i guess or whatever you whatever you think you're gonna get well you can't get that if you're dead so i mean obviously you want to have you want to be able to take the uh you want to be able to take the uh, the the talons off of the off of the the host organism, you know what I mean? So that you could still, you know, suckle at the the host's teat, you know, so you don't kill the host and and you're able to enjoy the benefits still. Otherwise, if you if you go too far, you're going to kill off the host and you're going to, you know, that's that's going to be bad. So is that is that a bad example or uh, no no no? I'm
1: just thinking of like a scene from The Office that. But- um, there's a scene where Dwight says the the best vampire is the one who doesn't kill the host, but like, you know, just kind of yeah keep the host alive as long as possible. Um,
0: yeah, and we're talking about that
1: like there, but, yeah, but again, we're exactly. we're assuming that his aim is to want to live rather than <clears throat> simply, you know, drive everyone else off the road. To mix metaphors. Um, which, you know, it, it's actually really encouraging that we're having this conversation because I don't know if I'm, tell me if I'm alone on this, but for a long time, you know, I think ever since Hank's sanction of the victims' speech, I was like, okay, why <coughs> haven't we both like retired to the valley yet? You know what I mean? Like, right, why, right. why did they distance staying in the world? And And, you know, the fact that we're talking about Floyd Ferris wanting to profit and wanting to keep the host alive so that the host lives, he lives, it means that Hank and Danny are not the only ones who really struggle with this idea that some people really don't want to live. You know what I mean? Like, they struggle for over a 1,000 pages, and here we are, a 1,000 pages later, and we're still struggling with that idea, you know, some people just yeah. are that destructive.
0: Yeah. They just, they, 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 they want to preach that, that life is meaningless and none, none of this matters. And then they, they have, they, but they, they have to, you know, they have to have the power and they have to, they, they want to live. They actually want to live. They just don't want to work for it. They don't really want to work for it. They want to find other people to do it. And they just want to manipulate and ride off other people's coattails. And, 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 and that's, you know, as long as other people, lesser people, maybe they think if they think that they're, they're, you know, this, this great intellectual, that's okay. They can, you know, as long as they're, they're kind of like straddling the, they, they want to keep, make sure that the people who are real like Dagny and, 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 and Hank and, you know, all these people, they want to make sure that they just that they they snow them under a little bit, you know, that they stay naive kind of to the fact of what they're really doing, because they're always they're like, what is this guy doing? What, what is, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, so they, they're, they're straddling that line between let's not these, let these guys really find out what's going on. You know, because otherwise, you know, the gig, the gig is up, so to speak. So, um, you know, as long as these other people that we can manipulate, the the students or the the uh, the people who are dumber, or, or I don't know if that's the, the the right word, but the people who aren't as intellectual and don't care as much, or they they want to they want to, you know, they want to uh, uh, work and they want they want to be honest, but they're not smart enough as other people are. They're just straddling that line, you know. Of of of, the producers and then the, the people who are don't produce or produce very little or whatever. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm I'm not
1: sure I'm completely following you. But it did bring up something else that Ankarate um, was talking about with regard to John Galt's speech. I mean, you can the the way he broke it up um, was it's really three parts, right? It's talking about Um, the morality of of life,
0: the morality
1: of death, and then the final part is you need to choose, right? Don Gold has taken away all the producers that kind of supported those who were straddling the fence and, you know what I mean, didn't really, you know, just kind of gave lip service to the morality of death. He's like, that's (laughs) not going to fly anymore. You need to choose. Um, Now, when you put it that way, hmm, morality of life or morality of death—like it seems like a really obvious choice. So, yeah, why, you know, and and this had not occurred to me, but Ankar was saying, "Why spend all this time, you know, talking about, you know, why you need to choose, um, and and why you should choose life?" Because again, that doesn't seem like it should be a hard sell, and it's not. Because the people he's addressing are dumb, it's because or obtuse. It's because a lot of people, you know, subconsciously hold this belief um, that that being moral means being self-destructive. It, it amounts, and, and that's true, right? The morality of death is all about that. You know if you regard morality as such as being self-destructive then being evil is promotes your joy and is practical mm-hmm. and being moral is promotes your your destruction and misery um, you know what I mean and is impractical so you know what I mean and especially since it's, it's a subconsciously held view it's very very hard one to identify that and two, to it to really root it out and and change one's thinking um, and I think that's a it's something that's very psychologically insightful
0: it's mm-hmm. really
1: hard to change subconsciously held ideas I think we've all experienced that firsthand Um so uh, did that connect to
0: what you were saying because uh, yeah I, yeah I mean <laughs> I think so we're gonna, I'm getting pretty deep here in the woods so I mean my uh, my brain is starting to be like okay wait a second now <laughs> but no uh, uh, yeah I, I, I get I get what you're saying and it's something that I need to think about but uh, I just yeah I mean I just sometimes I, I, I sometimes here's the thing with Atlas and with other uh, Stuff that um, uh, that I'm, you know, either that I'm reading or whatever, is sometimes doing a podcast and bringing up these issues. You can't, you shouldn't talk about it. You should think about it a little bit and not react right away. But unfortunately, when you're doing a show, you have to have some sort of something on the air. (laughs) <laughs> so like I, I I worry sometimes. Okay, I get uh, like I wanna I wanna soak that in and then reply before I actually say something else. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. So it's like
1: yeah. Saw, buddy, it's it just again, Oh no, it just, I know.
0: You know. What were you yeah, no, it, Well, let say it's totally fine. I just sometimes if I don't answer right away or something uh, you know it's because i'm thinking or whatever and it's it's hard to uh, i don't want to see and i've already felt like i've done that a few times where i'm like oh, i said something i'm like wait i should flush that out and give it a little more breathing room to, to think about and uh so that's one of the things that i worry about with you know sometimes doing a podcast is like getting deep into this stuff and me not being a an intellectual or a philosopher, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm talking about some deep, <laughs> you know, on Gothic type seminar. And I'm like, wait a second. I think we might've gotten a little too far into weeds and uh, I need to. Figure it so, I mean, it's still fun to do it. I don't care. Like I, I, I just enjoy doing this. I mean, whatever <clears throat> I, you know, I still, but I just don't want to give the people, if anyone's listening the, the wrong impression, like I, I have all the answers cause I, I don't, um, I, you know, not even close. So um, if I answer incorrectly and sound like a, like it's bad coming out bad, it's because it probably is. <laughs> and, oh uh, yeah. And I, don't I mean, to-
1: don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, one of the first questions on Karate asked is like, who, who is he addressing with this three hour speech? And I was like, well, tiny Cause he wants her to leave. With him, you know what I mean. I was so focused on the romance, which is far and away my favorite part. Um, yeah, that you know I, and you know this is me being a little obtuse, right? You know, he keeps saying you, and and in sort of a derogatory manner. At one point, yeah. he says you moral cannibals. I mean, obviously, he's not talking to Diane when he says that. Um, right. It was just this, right. you know what the, the moment where he explicitly does. You know, say um, my love. You know what I mean. That was the part that stood out to me. Yeah. So yeah. to say, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I, 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 I'm bringing this up as an example where I completely relate. You know what I mean? There's, there's so much that I missed, and I'm so grateful that there are professional philosophers out there who can actually draw out the, you know. Some of the more obvious points about which I'm com- being completely obtuse, um, well, that's and, and some of the subtler points about which I'm also being completely yeah. obtuse.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's, it, I, I love that the when they, when like Greg Selmiere or, or Ankar uh, or whoever uh, will say something, and you'll be like, oh, I get it, and I, you know, it, it's so obvious, but I didn't. I didn't catch it. It just, but when they say it, it's like okay, you know, bang, uh, boom. You know what I mean? And but but like it's not. See that's the thing. Like you don't just grab it like they do. Uh, And and, I mean, look, they're professionals and all that. But it's it's really. um, And when you do, it's great. And but then it's like you have to hold it, you know, and you have to think, and you have to, you you know, you still have to, you know, make sure that you understand. But I I love those little points uh, in 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 Rand when it's like she'll say something or there'll be something that, that she wrote or whatever and you're like oh my god uh, I gotta it it's makes complete sense you know and, but but you have to still be able to think about it and you know internalize it and it's yeah I mean it's I don't know I, I could just I could just there's just so many things that I could discover (laughs) from her that are just great, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think
1: our conversation has been really illustrative of that, right? You know, we were talking about the state of evasion and of drift and, you know, the villains of Atlas Shrugged and connecting it to education and, and depression and anxiety. And um, I mean, just to recapitulate the episode right there there's so many ways you could you know so many things from which you could excuse me you could you could glean from Alice Rugged um, and, and different ways you could integrate it with your knowledge because um, it is <coughs> it is in a way very very abstract, which means it it applies to a lot of different fields and ideas. Um, so yeah, I, I I empathize completely with the need to sort of sit back and chew it and, and relate it to you know my own sort of narrow field.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I oh absolutely, absolutely. So it's great learning a lot, and this is a great conversation, Meg. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. It's one of our uh, one of our highlights, I think. <laughs>
1: We'll see what um, Blot Talk has to say about it.
0: Yeah, right. We'll see what the numbers say. Yeah, okay. It always takes a, co- a couple of days before I can see how many people listen, whatever, so hopefully. But, hey, I, I enjoy it. Uh, I hope you did too. Um, I think Absolutely. it's time to share your well, uh So next uh, uh, Wednesday we'll just do it again. Um, hopefully we have uh, – well, it'll just be us if maybe Stuart – I'm sure Stuart will he'll be back and uh, some others. And, uh yeah, it's uh it's it's been great. Um hope the job is going well for you. Everything is going well on my end. Brilliant. Really? Uh, <laughs> keep on uh keep on trucking. How, how many how many glasses did you get through in this episode? <laughs> um
1: maybe one and a half.
0: Maybe one and a half, okay. So was the the
1: 30. So that's I mean I, I feel it, in case anyone's okay.
0: wondering.
1: <laughs> uh, well,
0: we'll just call it an even three then. So. <laughs> all right, Meg. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be in contact about it the next show, and we'll see you guys all next Wednesday. Uh, yeah, Wednesday at 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. And uh, that's all I got. Meg, last words? Um, Absolutely. Have-
1: I, I always feel so stupid at this point. Right? Like I don't have a good answer I know, to that.
0: I know. I know. I know. I know. It's, it's long hard. and prosper. as long. It's hard to end. Uh, it's not even so original. Sad. No, no. That's okay. Though. We, we can we can go with it. We'll go with that for now. All right, Meg. We'll see you next uh, next uh, Wednesday. We'll be in contact as well. And everybody have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you. There's gonna be no music. I'm just shutting it down here. So. Have a great uh, a great evening. Have a great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you too, buddy. Get... Cheers. All right. Cheers. Take care. Bye. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and
0: groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.